Hey there, it's May. Um, I'm here to do a quick episode about something that um, came up yesterday, Monday, and it really kind of shocked me and shocked a lot of other people. And today I, I kept on thinking about it um, and I was on a run. And when I go running, I get a lot of clarity about some, some things. And it dawned on me that this thing that happened yesterday <laughs> Um, is so related to the Asian American community and what we need to do moving forward. Uh, so, so what happened yesterday was in a press conference with Donald Trump, the one and only. He was uh, talking about, you know, how his administration has handled this crisis and he even showed this, like, propaganda video um, with different clips of how he was, you know, in control and he knew what he was doing and it seriously looked like something like North Korea would have made um, uh, for their propaganda reasons. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was being pressed by reporters saying, well, oh, okay, but, you know, the entire month of February, where were you? Because nothing was being done. So he was getting agitated, as he does when he's challenged. Um, some people describe this press conference as a meltdown. And then he was also asked about governors of states and how they're sort of taking it upon themselves to make decisions about how how they're going to reopen the state and what they're going to do in the process. And Trump basically pushed back, and this is what he said. He said, quote, when somebody is the president of the United States, the authority is total, and that's the way it's got to be. It's total. That's my best Trump impression. Uh, so that was a scary statement. Uh, for uh, obvious reasons, because he's basically declaring that he is all-powerful, that he's like King Trump, dictator Trump, authoritarian Trump, that he is the one and only person uh, in the country that can make a decision about anything. And what he says goes, my way or the highway. So... I mean, it, that's so wrong on many levels, right? Um, the scariest part is that he said it. Therefore, he, in his mind, he actually believes it. He actually thinks he is all-powerful. He all actually thinks he has sole power to make decisions because he's the president of the United States. This is like a game to him or something. Um, but, you know, if he read the Constitution, he would realize that was wrong. But, of course, we know he has never read the Constitution, uh, my theory is that because he can't read, uh, but even if he could read, he wouldn't understand it. Uh, so let me put it into simple terms, uh, and I'm no constitutional expert, but Trump's claim is false because governors actually do have broad authority to do things like close down schools and businesses if it's for the you know, betterment of their state and their constituents, which is what governors are trying to do right now. Why? Because that's their job. And also because they haven't gotten much guidance from the federal government, from the Trump administration. And they've gotten so many mixed signals about how to handle this crisis. You know, are they going to get the equipment? Are they not going to get the equipment? Where's the stockpile? They're not going to get the stockpile. Then, he, you know, Trump has said, you guys have to find it. Then he says, no, I'm all powerful. I make all decisions. So, you know, what are governors supposed to do? So that's why they're banding together to make their own decisions. Uh, and rightly so. 
So that was that was a really scary statement that he made. Now today on Tuesday, he tried to backtrack in his press conference, and he basically said, uh, actually, the governors can make their decisions depending on what their needs are, uh, state by state, and I'll be, you know, talking with all the governors individually. Of course, he never admitted that he was wrong, uh, because, I mean, really? Come on. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, So I'm trying to process that, and, and I decided, okay, I'm going to talk about this issue and how it relates to the Asian American community. I'll, I'll get to it. Just, just bear with me. But then as I'm preparing for this episode, this breaking news story comes across my computer and it's from the Washington Post. And basically it's reporting that the Treasury Department uh, on the orders of President Trump will print his name on all stimulus checks, the IRS is trying to rush out to send tens of millions of Americans, right? This, the $1,200 that a lot of folks are going to be getting as aid. So this is unprecedented. A president's name has never been printed on stimulus checks like this, especially in an emergency situation. So here's adding insult to injury. Guess what they're saying? That the process is expected to slow the delivery of those checks by several days. Are you kidding me? This is money that people desperately need. It's not much, but it's something. And because of Donald Trump's ego, they're going to be delayed because they have to print his stupid name on those checks. So now I'm thinking, oh my God, I mean... Yesterday's statement about his authority is total. Now today he's ordering the, you know, the IRS to print his name on the checks. I mean, this is like beyond, right? This is beyond like King Trump. I mean, I think, I mean, I think he thinks he's God or something. It's, it, I'm not kidding in this. It's a very scary idea because what this made me think of is that, wow, America, a country of democracy, of freedom, is now being led by a man who actually thinks he is king, that he thinks he's like a dictator. So here's where I'm relating it to the Asian American community, and that is that this is really important, and I want you all to really embrace this and at least try to process what I'm going to be telling you right now, and that is think about the history of Asian Americans, okay? A lot of Asians came to America for the reasons of freedom, seeking opportunity, democracy, and just seeking a better life, right? That's what America has always represented. It's always been the country of milk and honey, right? Of opportunity. You know, in Korean, uh, America is called... Uh, Miguk, it's beautiful country. And Mandarin, same thing, Meiguol, right? Beautiful country. So that is what this country has always represented to the rest of the world. Freedom, opportunity, um, you know, success, and just a better life, right? But here we are now faced with the prospect of the president of the United States changing that idea um, just on a whim, right? Because of his ego. Uh, so 
But think about where Asians came from um, to come here to, to, to the States. So many Asians left their countries because their countries were being ruled by an oppressive leader, a dictator, authoritarian rule, um, chaos, war, oppression, persecution. Few examples, China, right? Cultural revolution. So all of a sudden communists took over, people were stripped of everything, persecution. And so Chinese, the mainland Chinese, they, they fled. They fled during the Cultural Revolution because they did not want that kind of life. Many of them fled all over the world, including the United States, because of what it represented. Korea, South Korea, where my parents are from. I was born in the United States, but then my parents decided they were going to move back to South Korea. So I was a, a baby. We moved back. But even during that time, it was the late 60s, early 70s, there was a lot of instability politically, right? There was a lot of there were military rulers. There was authoritarian rulers. And so my parents were very fearful that the country was still so unstable that there might be another war or some sort of conflict. They didn't want that life for their kids, so they chose to move back to America. I think I was probably four at the time when we moved back because they wanted a better life. North Korea, obviously, still under a brutal regime, and so we still see refugees from North Korea because they don't want to live that kind of oppressive life of torture, starvation, no opportunity. So that's still ongoing. Vietnam, Vietnam, war, communists took over. And so the Vietnamese left. A lot of them wanted to leave because they wanted a better life of freedom, democracy, opportunity. Cambodia. Cambodia in the 70s, Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge, they killed nearly 2 million Cambodians under that brutal regime. So these are just a few examples of Asian countries that because of the suffering of their governments, they left. They chose to leave to come to America because America represented everything that they could not have in their home countries. It takes a lot for someone to choose to leave their home country, everything they know, to then come to a foreign land. They only do it because where they're living is so god-awful and led by such horrific individuals and governments that they choose to go elsewhere, and that place oftentimes was America. Land of the free, home of the brave. Uh, the place where you can make something of yourself. And so many Asian Americans have because of that. So why do I say this? Why am I bringing all of this up? And why am I, you know, uh, trying to draw some sort of connection with Donald Trump and his behavior? I'll tell you why. Because November is coming. November is coming. It's a presidential election. Voting is our right. 
People around the world die for the right to vote. They die. And a lot of people around the world have no right to vote. They have no say in who is going to lead their country. But we do. And that is a very powerful way we can change the tide. That we can get back to the preservation of democracy and good leadership. Getting back to what this country is all about, which is freedom, democracy, opportunity, civility, kindness, compassion. Look, my dogs are even getting involved. They're barking because they believe in this. But seriously, guys, this is why I'm saying this right now. This is important for us to band together and understand the importance of what this election represents. And let me share with you some statistics about voting. 2018 really changed the game, right? The midterm elections. I mean, Democrats really came out to vote uh, because they were angry and they were upset about so many things that were happening. And so those midterm elections really came up with some data that was really pretty fascinating, especially when it came to Asian Americans. Um, It was record gains in the AAPI voting uh, in 2018 compared to 2014. So... Here's the stats from AAPI data, which is a research uh, organization that does a lot of great research when it comes to the um, Asian American uh, community. So in 2014, uh, midterm elections, um, 28% of Asians voted. 28%. That's pretty weak. But in 2018, 42% came out to vote. That's a huge jump, enormous jump. And remember... If you don't know this already, you should. Asian, the Asian vote, the Asian American vote is the fastest growing voting block in the country. We are the fastest growing voting block in the country. It is not Hispanics. It's not African Americans. It's Asians. So we have growing power and influence. We need to embrace that and we need to harness that power. Okay, so here's another stat. AAPIs and the midterm elections 2014-2018. Foreign-born Asians, back in 2014, it was 30%. In 2018, it was 43%. Native-born, it was 26% in 2014. In 2018, it was 42%. And then with 18 to 34-year-olds, back in 2014, only 17% showed up to vote. In 2018, 36%. 35 to 49-year-olds, 28%, 41% in 2018. 50 to 64-year-olds, 36% in 2014. 2018, it was 48%. And 65 plus, 40% in 2014, 47% in 2018. So all of the categories increased in 2018 by a lot. I mean, it was substantial. So that was a trend that you know, really reflected well on the Asian community, meaning that we wanted to be more active. We wanted to be more vocal in our vote and and, and how it influenced politics. Um, And so then they did a breakdown of different uh, Asian ethnicities. So 2014, 48% of Japanese showed up to the polls. 2018, it was 54%. Asian Indian, 
2014, 47% in 2018. Filipino, 26%, jumped to 46% in 2018. Chinese, 26% in 2014, 39% in 2018. Korean, 26%, and then 2018, 38%. Vietnamese is the only one that dropped from 2014 to 2018. 2014, it was 31%, and 2018, it was 30%. That was the only category that dropped. So my point being that we need to keep this trend going for 2020 uh, because obviously this is a crucial election. It's the presidential election. It's not a midterm. It's a presidential election. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of this election. I mean, on so many levels, right? Uh, I'm not even talking about the Asian community, right? On just so many levels in terms of the direction of this country um, and the divisiveness and the, the, the craziness, honestly, I mean, I can't even, I can't even think of a better word. It's, 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 it's gotten crazy. And so we need to get back to a place where we are being civilized and, you know, we are being humane uh, towards each other and towards different communities and towards the environment and all of these issues. But on an Asian American level, this virus, this coronavirus crisis, we all know it has led to incredible xenophobia and the Asian community has suffered and we continue to suffer. And that suffering was fueled even more by Donald Trump and his statements initially. And so if that isn't enough to convince you that there has to be a shift in leadership, there has to be a way to get back to a place of, of normalcy to a certain extent, I guess. And I guess that's not really strong enough description, to be honest. We have to get back to a place or, uh, no, you know, not, I shouldn't say get back to it. We need to move forward from this, right? Look, in life, you have your ups and downs, your light and dark moments. Well, we've gone through a dark moment. This is a dark phase for sure. So we need to now move forward to the light. And doing that, one of the ways to do that, and a very important way to do that is to change the leadership and, and exercise your right to vote. Make your vote matter. Make it count. Our families, parents, grandparents, they came here because they wanted that better life of freedom and democracy. They suffered. They sacrificed for this freedom, for this opportunity. We can't take that for granted. When you start taking it for granted, I want you to think about your family. I want you to think about what they sacrificed, how they suffered to get here and the life that you have because of it. Don't squander that, okay? Honor them. Honor their sacrifices, honor what they did, honor the difficult decisions that they made to come here and 
take a stand. As a community, we need to take a stand, okay? And the time is now. I think what we're going through right now with COVID-19 and the backlash, this is an incredible wake-up call. It really is. If I want to be ruled by a dictator or a king, then I would go live somewhere else and, you know, deal with it. But I don't want to. That's not what America is about. So let's do this, okay? Let's do this and really make it count. I'm going to be talking about the importance of voting right up to November because this is something that is so important to me, but I think it's important to our community, the Asian American community, and it's... (laughs) Overall, it's just important to this country. Okay, so please try to process what I've said in this very short episode, but this was something I really needed to address, and I thought it was important. Uh, So listen, I hope you guys are all staying safe and healthy um, and strong. Um, I know isolation is is getting to all of us. Um, I've had some rough couple of days and I have to say it's affected my motivation and inspiration to a certain extent but I knew I had to like snap out of it easier said than done Um, but you know I I know every one of you is doing what you can to try to you know plug away but it's okay to not feel like doing anything sometimes you know don't beat yourself up for that I think it's don't feel pressure to feel like you have to do something because you have all this time Screw that, okay? I'm actually going to do another episode about that. It's, it's a really interesting phenomenon that's coming out of quarantine. Um, but for now, I want you to just keep it together, um, support each other, and thank you for supporting the show. Um, I would love for you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Please go to the podcast and, and give us a review on iTunes that would be great. At least just give us a rating of some kind. It helps because, you know, the show is important to me. It's important to Neck Shark. Uh, we're doing what we can with our limited resources, but it, it does matter when we hear from you and, and we know that you're supporting us. So thank you if you already are. Um, and also spread the word, okay? Spread the word about the show and let's just keep this, keep this momentum going. All right? Okay. Until next time, guys, take care.